The Let's following find our message is a presentation from one Grace tonight. Baptist Church Psalm in Kettering, number Ohio. One and verse number one, we'll read this and we'll be seated in just a moment. Psalm chapter number one and verse number one. All right, uh, biblically literate is the title of the series that we're going to go through. And really, it's a, it's a 30,000 foot view of scripture. And we're going to take about uh, 24 uh, lessons in this uh, as we go forward in this year. And I trust it will be a blessing. It will help you synthesize the message of Scripture. And so let's start here. Um, Blessed is the man that walketh not in the counsel of the ungodly, nor standeth in the way of sinners, nor sitteth in the seat of the scornful. Let's read together verse 2 and following. But his delight is in the law of the Lord, and in his law doth he meditate day and night. And he shall be like a tree planted by the river of waters, that bringeth forth his fruit in his season. His leaf also shall not wither, and whatsoever he doeth shall prosper. The ungodly are not so, but are like the chaff which the wind driveth away. Therefore the ungodly shall not stand in the judgment, nor sinners in the congregation of the righteous. For the Lord knoweth the way of the righteous, but the way of the ungodly shall perish. Father, thank you for our opportunity tonight that you have given to us to gather around your word. And this is a precious opportunity, and we receive it with gratefulness tonight. And we pray that you would help us uh, to gain a better understanding in the days ahead of your word. Uh, Lord, that it would help us not only in our own understanding of Scripture and in our own reading of Scripture, but Lord, it would help us as we hear your word preached, and then it would help us to uh, influence those that are within our families, those within our workplaces with an understanding of your word. So Lord, help us, we ask, and we uh, just ask that you bless this time. We also pray for those that are not able to join us tonight because they're sick or in the hospital, and I pray, Lord, that you would just be with them and that you would give them a special blessing even this night by your Holy Spirit, we pray in Jesus' name. Amen. And you may be seated. Thank you for standing. And uh, what a wonderful topic it is to get into the word of God and to really uh, say, you know, I want to understand it more and more. There was a, a man that received a text message uh, from a wrong number. Uh, have you ever received something from a wrong number? Right? And uh, every once in a while, I'll receive something from a wrong number. But this man received a, this text uh, from someone. It says, hey, granddad, this is me, Andrew. I'll be already around 1215. To which the guy replied, Unless you are from the future, I think you have the wrong number. I'm 22. I don't have any grandchildren or grandchildren that I know of. If you are from the future, I have a lot of questions and would love to meet up with you to discuss what this means for the both of us. I will always love you no matter what. (laughs) And, uh, you know, a lot of questions to be asked at at that meeting, no doubt. But, you know, when we think about the, the message or the revelation that comes from God and that is his word. It is a grand story. It's a huge story, and many times we, we fail to you know, put all the pieces together. If you've studied it for a long time, uh, you, you know how it works together, but if not, uh, this, this, is, uh, this is going to be a time together where we can, we can synthesize it. I remember back in college when I, when I went and began to go through Old Testament and New Testament survey, and I remember how that God began to show me that this is one book. It's not just this, you know, the Old Testament and the New Testament, and they, they they don't, they don't match up. It is one book. God has one story, one theme he's trying to get across. And what a help that that was. And so we want to grasp God's grand story. We're going to answer some questions. And in fact, if you have questions 
that we can answer along the way, uh, let me know about them so I can address them for all of us, because if you have it, probably someone else has it. But we, wanna, we want to grab the whole grand story of God's Word and, and really get it to a point where we can understand it as a whole. Let's answer some questions by introduction. Let's think about this. Why is it so hard for us to understand God's word? I want to give you some verses, and I've written them down in there, but I want us to realize this at, at the outset. Some people think, you know, I, I get a book from the bookstore, and I read it, and I should be able to understand its message. I should be able to understand the, the plot line. I should be able to see where the climax is. I should be able to understand it in a reading, and you can expect that from a normal book, but the fact is the Bible needs to be studied. The Bible is is complex, it's, it's deep, it's, it's uh, inexhaustible. You read it one year and you come back the next year and read it again and you find that you found some new nuggets in it. And the fact is, it is that way because God is infinite and God is massive. And his word reflects that. And we really wouldn't want it to be any other way, would we? Would you? Uh, would you, would you if, 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 if this message came from an infinite God who is all-knowing and all-wise, and, and you could just pick it up and you could understand it? And that's even some of the things, you know, uh, people, people constantly trying to, to make the word understandable. So there's all these different translations out there that are constantly trying to make it understandable in one setting. That is an impossibility. The Bible is intended to be uh, uh, studied. It is a complex book. And God, and God tells us in Isaiah 55, verse number 8, My thoughts are not your thoughts, neither are your ways my ways, saith the Lord. Aren't you grateful for that? Right? Right now you're, you're looking around you and saying, oh, well, I, I sure hope God knows exactly what he's doing. And he does. Praise the Lord for that. For as the heavens are higher than the earth, so are my ways higher than your ways and my thoughts than your thoughts. And so when we look into the word of God, it's difficult to understand because his ways and thoughts are so much higher than ours. But why is it so essential that we understand God's word? Yeah, it's hard to understand God's word, but why is it so essential? Because it is true. And therefore, we need to understand it so that we can apply it into, thy, into our lives. Thy word is a lamp unto my feet and a light unto my path. I need its light. I need its truth in my life. I was just going over this verse yesterday in discipleship. The Bible says in 2 Timothy 3 and verse number 16, for the word of God it is in all, for, I started off wrong. All scripture is given by inspiration of God and is what? Profitable. For doctrine, for reproof, for correction, for instruction in righteousness. Why do I need to understand that? I need every bit of that. I need everything that God's word can give me. I need all the profit that it can give me. I need to understand it. It's essential that I understand it. I should not be okay with reading through the word of God and passing over something I don't understand and not stopping and asking questions about that. I need to study. I need to dig in. I need to understand it. I need to constantly be growing in it. But how is it understandable? I love this. John 14, 26 tells us that the Holy Spirit is given to us to be the guide into all truth. You know, the way that you can understand the Word of God is by relying upon the Holy Spirit of God as we seek Him in the Word of God. We pray, Lord, would you open up my eyes, help me to understand this, and, uh, and, and listen to the Holy Spirit as He would teach you the Word of God. He'll guide you into all truth. But it's not just the Holy Spirit. It's not just sit back and say, well, teach me. The Bible says in 2 Timothy 3 and verse number 15, study to show thyself approved, a workman that needeth not to be ashamed. So it requires us to study the word of God. What is your study plan? 
How do you systematically study the Word of God? What is on a weekly basis? How are you studying more than just reading it? How are you studying the Word of God to understand it? Um, I have some different books that, that help, commentaries, uh, uh, sometimes uh, uh, a, a good reference Bible or a study Bible will help. Uh, maybe uh, Wilmington's Guide to the Bible is a great, uh, great help, but there's ways to get into the Word of God and really just break it apart for yourself. And when you come across something you don't understand, dig in. Do the Word study. Dig in and uh, try to understand it. But 2 Timothy 3.15 says, we got to study. We have to put in the work. We have to put in the hours. Right now, my kids are going through math. And uh, my, wife, uh, my wife sent me a text today. Uh, they were driving, uh, driving her crazy as she was trying to teach them math and, 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 and going over it painstakingly, uh, trying to go over it. And it, it wasn't clicking in their mind, but it behooves them to dig in and study. They can't just get it just, you know, by just kind of breezing over it. And that's what they try to do sometimes. And that's why they drive uh, moms crazy, right? Uh, it, uh, homeschool moms kind of like, man, this is, this is rough. They have to put in the work. They have to read. They have to practice. They have to exercise their brain uh, to dig in and study it. And so don't we with the word of God. So as we come to Psalm chapter number one, as we lay some groundwork for this, if you and I are really going to study into the word of God, and I know many of you, uh, you do your very best to do that. If we're going to study into the word of God, I want you to notice what Psalm chapter number one tells us about our relationship to the word of God. If we're going to be like a tree planted by the river of waters, I love going to the river. I love seeing how things thrive along the river's edge. I love, I love the, the beauty of all that. If we're going to be like a tree that's planted by the river's water, roots way down, growing far up into the sky, if we're going to be a strong tree, rooted and grounded, uh, we're going to have to do some things. And notice what it says there in verse number one. Blessed is the man that walketh not in the counsel of the ungodly, nor standeth in the way of sinners, nor sitteth in the seed of the scornful. All right, way here, we see that God says, listen, uh, in a psalm that's very focused on the word of God, he starts off with saying, hey, you need to make sure that you're spending time around the people of God, that you are hanging out with the right people. And first of all, let's just notice, if we're going to be serious about knowing the word of God, we need to be serious about the people of God. We need to be serious about who we're with and who we're listening to. And so he says, blessed is the man, happy is this man, uh, fulfilled is this man. Now, something important to understand about this first verse in, in Psalm chapter number one, it is not saying and it is not teaching us to entirely separate in the sense that we have no association with the lost. Now, some, some Christian groups and some Christians will try to do that. They, they, they believe that that is the way to sanctification. If I just completely cut off all communication and all association with the lost, that is not what is being taught here. In fact, it is teaching us that we are not to be influenced by the world, but rather we are to influence the world. And we're not to go into their way and sit down in, the, in their seats and, and hang out with them and listen to them influencing us. We are to be the influencers of them. And right now our world needs a whole lot of Christians to be salt and light and influence the world around us, don't we? And that starts right where you are. I was telling someone, and I, I forget who this on this week, I was encouraging them, this starts right with you in your sphere. You can't influence all uh, 8 billion people, but you can influence someone tomorrow. You can influence your family tomorrow. You can influence your coworker tomorrow. Uh, I heard from one of our church members this week, uh, uh, the, the people around them just uh, noticing, well, you don't use foul language. 
What is that? Light. What's different about you? You don't speak like we do. That's light. Praise the Lord. Keep influencing. And so Psalm chapter number 1 and verse 1 is encouraging us not to go into the way to allow them to influence us, but rather we need to be influencing those around us. And so uh, we, we don't want to be embracing their way. We don't be, want to be immersing ourselves in their way. And, and many times we as Christians will struggle because, you know, it, it's hard to stand out from the group. It's hard to, 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 uh, to stick out in the world and so we'd rather embrace or just kind of go along with the flow right we'd rather kind of blend in not make uh, ripples and so forth but god says don't enter into that way don't don't embrace that sinful lifestyle don't embrace the scornful people don't listen to their ungodly counsel and there's a whole lot of ungodly counsel today just it's everywhere and how important it is that we would be serious about being with the right people and listening to the right people uh, in, our, in our lives. This passage is, again, not teaching us that we don't engage them. We need to engage our neighbors. We need to engage those around us that don't know the Lord. In fact, if we do not engage them, how will they ever change? If they do not see our light, how will they ever change? And uh, there are some people that are scorners who, who have rejected God, and, uh, and they are not going to be helpful to hang around, and they're rejecting the message of the, of the gospel. That's a, a very sad thing. But there are folks that are out in the world that, that we need to be able to discern the difference. Are, are, they, are they ready to receive the gospel? Or would they have an open heart? Let me keep on sharing with them and encouraging them along. So God says if we're going to be uh, living a blessed, a rooted, a grounded, a strong life, that it begins with the voices that we are listening to. Notice that. Look at verse number one again. He starts there. Before he gets to having the right relationship with God's word, he starts with what voices you're listening to. So who is it that has your ear in, the, in, in your life? Who is it that, that is influencing you? And God says, make sure it is not the, the counsel of the ungodly, the, the way of the sinner and the, and the seat of the scornful. Don't, don't have those as the voices. Make sure you have the right voices. Who is influencing you? And early on in the Christian faith, this is something we need to remember as we help and encourage new believers in the Lord. Early on, the influences that they are receiving are so very important. Early on in the Christian faith, much of what they know about the Word of God is coming from others. We encourage them to get in the Word. And we, that, that's so necessary. But much of the teaching, the communication, the, the breaking it down comes from the voices of others. How important it is for a new believer to be gathering around. That's why we ought to just pull in anyone that is, it has come to the Lord. Just pull them in and encourage them and, and help them along because they need that so very much. A newborn babe is fed by its mommy. It gets its nourishment from its mother. Uh, a newborn babe in Christ gets its nourishment from others that are, that are teaching, and, and that's why we do discipleship, and that's why it's so very important that people are uh, able to listen and, and grow in the Word in that way. Now, how is it that God speaks to us in this day? How is it that God speaks to us in this day? He's given us the Word of God. I, I, am, I am amazed. I don't know if it's just that I'm noticing it more right now, but I'm amazed at how many people came out over the last several months as prophets. Did that strike you? 
I mean, it just seemed like there was prophets rising up everywhere. I don't know if they were just coming across social media a little bit more, but it seemed like everyone was a prophet uh, and, and had a word from the Lord. I had a dream last night, and, you know, and they're saying this type of stuff. But the fact of the matter is, God speaks today through his word. We know that, but oh, how important it is. We are living out where we, where we see the, uh, the people digressing from that. They are literally saying that their dream supersedes things that, that are in the word of God. How, how wrong and how false that that is. And so uh, God speaks today through his word. He speaks through his word through his church. He intended that his church would be the pillar and the ground of truth, that it would be upholding it in society. How important it is that we stay grounded as a church body in the word of God. He speaks through his word through his people as the, the people are out in town. And just think that if, if, if 75 of our people are out in town tomorrow and each person is able to give somebody a Bible verse, just think about the light that is going out into our community throughout uh, the next couple days. He speaks through his word, through his people. He speaks through his word, through my circumstances. You know, sometimes the Lord uh, uses circumstances and he points out, hey, do you know I was speaking to you about this? And I'm, he's arranging things in our life to help us to realize the truth of his word and how it's coming true in our lives. And he speaks to us through his word, by his Holy Spirit, through his Holy Spirit, prompting our hearts. Oh, how important it is for us to listen and be in tune with the Holy Spirit every single day, allowing him to communicate the word to my heart, allowing him to apply it in and allowing him to teach me even as I read it. And so it's so important that we choose the right people. Why? Because, you know, our friends, the people we hang out with are our future they're, they're the future us. Your friends are your future you. Who you are hanging with today is who you'll be in, in the days ahead. And it's so important that we gather around us right voices, voices that are upholding the word of God, voices that are strengthening us. And again, if you, uh, if you remember and write down Hebrews 10, 23 uh, through 25, it tells us that if we want to have a strong profession if we want to be rock solid in our Christian faith, then we need the assembling of the, on the saints together. And we cannot forsake that, how important it is, because we need that if we will not be waffling back and forth. Go over to Ephesians chapter 4 and verse number 13 and 14. And again, you'll see that God says, if you don't want to be tossed to and fro by every wind of doctrine, you need the body. You need to be together with, with the right voices. And so God deals with that. At the front end of this psalm, choose to learn God's word from people who know God's word. Uh, choose the right voices. There's a lot of people that, uh, that, that act as if they know God's word. But it is important to choose to learn God's word from people who know God's word. And again, if I could just put in here, and, and maybe would you write this down as a matter of prayer, I have a burden on my heart about, uh, about discipleship and continuing to create a culture of discipleship in our church where people that come to the Lord are growing in their Christian faith. We're going to make, and, uh, make uh, all, uh, every effort in this, this coming year, in the coming years, to make that a growing part of our church. We use continue, but we, more than a program, it is, it is us investing our lives where God has brought us into another young um, believer's life and helping them to grow to become a committed follower of Jesus Christ. Do you realize that that is the definition of discipleship? a committed follower of Jesus Christ. It's helping people learn to obey the Holy Spirit at every moment. 
learning to obey and just say yes right away. And uh, though sometimes it can be daunting to say, you know, I'm going to invest in somebody else's life, it's so rewarding. The Bible tells us in 2 Timothy 2.2, Timothy was told, and the things that thou hast heard of, of me among many witnesses, the same commit thou to faithful men who shall be able to teach others also. And the point that Paul was bringing up is there needs to be, in your church there, Timothy, there needs to be a culture of discipleship where you're teaching and there's others that are teaching others. There's faithful men and women who are teaching others and how important that is. Why? Because we want this place to be a a place where people can come and hear the right voices and be strengthened in their walk with the Lord. So when we're serious about the people of God, we can be serious about the the Word of God. And, and, And look at it in verse number in verse number two, but his delight, he doesn't, he doesn't listen to wrong voices. He listens to the right voices. But his delight is in the law of the Lord. Or should I say the right voice? His delight, his, his love is in the law of the Lord. He's serious about the word of God. Serious. But his delight, what, what encourages him, what gives him uh, strength, what gives him uh, encouragement. And so his delight is in the law of the Lord, and in his law doth he meditate day and night. Think about this. God's word is the source of the blessed life. God's word is the source of a life that is delightful, not in the world's size. I mean, they think that following the word of God is, is like a straitjacket. No, no, no. To us, we realize that the importance of the word of God and God's word is a source of the, the life that is blessed before, God's, uh, before, before the throne of God. God's word represents a choice to walk on a different path. There's a, there's a broad way and there's a very narrow way. There's the way that, that is the worldly wisdom and then there's God's wisdom and God's word represents a choice that I have to walk on a different path. On a path that leads me closer to God and leads me closer to the things of God and to the people of God. When I read it, it always is adjusting me out of the way of the world, isn't it? When I read it in John 2 and verse number 15, he says, love not the world, neither the things that are in the world. And so he's constantly pushing me away from that to choose to walk on a different path. God's word invites me into a lifetime, a lifetime journey of transformation. And uh, I used to think, and maybe you uh, can identify with this, but I used to think that there would be a point. There would be that point where you, f- you finally just get to that, you know, that plateau where everything, you, you know, stop having to get right, and uh, God stops dealing with you about certain sin, and you know, whatever it may be. And the fact is, it's a lifetime journey. And uh, praise the Lord for his patience in our lives. Would you not agree with that? Uh, praise the Lord for his patience. So, Blessed is the man that doesn't listen to wrong voices, but his delight is in the law of the Lord. What's his blessing? It's, it's the delight of God, the favor of God, that sacred joy, uh, that emotional strength and durability, that, 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 that strength that is, is something inside and very deep. Uh, he likens it to being a tree planted by the river's water, a strong tree, uh, one that is rooted well. So this blessing is not this blessing is not temporal. Uh, this blessing is not necessarily tangible. Uh, it's not uh, immediate pleasure of wealth and health. Though I, I will say that when a person follows Jesus, it changes everything. Uh, I, I've used this illustration before, but I cannot, 
I cannot tell you the, the vividness with which I saw this when I, I went to India and saw the difference between how uh, many of the folks lived compared to the, those that followed God. Even the way they, they kept their houses, by the way, uh, even the way that we keep our lives ought to be a, a, in stark difference from how the world does, how we value things, and, and so on. And so uh, it, this blessing is not uh, health and wealth. Uh, our brother Gary is in the hospital tonight. I, it doesn't mean as a Christian, uh, there's a man that walks with the Lord, doesn't mean as a Christian you won't face health issues, right? Uh, we do, but what this blessing is is that that, that we would have something deeper and stronger than that. Um, early on in the Christian faith, there are, as people will receive Christ, they will think, well, God's going to just change everything. It's going to be easy. And uh, they look for, sometimes for those temporal blessings. But that is a signal of, of not being rooted and grounded and really understanding. Uh, it's an immature perspective on, on God's blessings. God's blessings are so much greater than that. They're so much deeper than that. They're greater than anything that we can touch with our hands. And so the reality is the, the tangible result of building your life on the Bible is God's blessing. God's blessing is the result of, of having the Bible a part of my life uh, and, and having it integrated into my thinking and, and, and commanding my will and so on. I want that type of blessing. I don't want... The, the curse of walking in the way of an ungodly, I want the blessing of delighting in the word of God. And so as I consider this, I, um, I've had many Bibles, and you probably have too, and that's one, of the, um, that's one of the amazing things about us here in America. It's just so prevalent. Maybe we take it for granted. But uh, I, my mom sent me th this Bible she found it in, at home, and uh, I got this one back in 1999. And I was just thinking about the way that this, this Bible in particular, um, the notes in it, it's interesting to, to think of myself as a 15-year-old uh, young man and what I wrote down in the back, you know, when listening to messages and, and so on. And uh, it's just interesting. Some of the things I, I look at, wow, that's, that's what I thought. <laughs> like, uh, and it, it's interesting. But the Bible was relevant to me as a 15-year-old young man as much as it is today. And this is a really amazing thing about the, the Word of God, that the Bible is always, is always speaking directly to me at the specific life stage that I'm at. Uh, verses that, that struck me back when I was 15 might strike me a little bit different today because I'm at a different life stage. I'm a dad. I didn't have that perspective before. And, and so on. So no matter how many times we look into the Bible, we can remember this. The Bible never changes. I do. My circumstances do. And so as I continue to read through it and allow it to change my life, no matter how many times we read it or where we are in our life um, timeline, the Bible will always speak directly to me and it will direct me in those circumstances. Always. So legitimately, friends, we are constantly going back to the Bible looking for the new direction today. Not, not a new word, but, but direction that I need for my moment right now. 
So legitimately, as we think about 2021, I need the word of God to guide me through 2021, just like I needed it to guide me through 2020. And the things that uh, God is going to use from his word to guide me in this year, maybe were different from the things he used me to guide in his word last year. But the fact is, it is so relevant. The Bible is always relevant because it is always speaking into the present me, shaping me toward God's future for me and towards what God wants me to be. That's the amazing thing about the word of God. So as we, as we study it, we, we are constantly desiring to grow in our understanding of it as a whole. Uh, a lot of times people will look, you know, people that don't know the word of God, they'll say, you know, uh, I just heard this recently, uh, something about the New Testament being very loving, but that Old Testament, I don't know, how do you deal with that? You know, you need to have an answer for that. What do you say to the person, to the, to the lost person or to the, the new believer that doesn't understand how the, the whole word of God works together into one beautiful uh, love story of redemption? What do you say to that? Well, you need to have an answer for that, and we're going to. Um, and so here's, here's our, our goal, and I, I want to just wrap it up with this. Our, our goal is, as we go through this, is to take uh, sections of the word of God, sometimes books, and we will overview them, and we will survey them from a 30,000-foot view. When we were on our way to India, we took some pictures out the plane window. And uh, give me that video, if you would. Uh, can you see down here on the, on the ground, can you see the, the, how, the, how the sections, the streets are sectioned off, and you see the squares and sometimes angles there? You see a little bit of that? And when you're looking down, from, a, from up in the sky, you can see how things are divided off and how they relate. When you're down on the ground, all, you, know, you can see here's a stoplight, here's, this, here's this, uh, this street corner, and so on. You don't see it all, but when you're up in the air, 30,000 feet or whatever, uh, uh, you, uh, you, see, you see how it's all sectioned out. And it's an amazing what perspective you get. Uh, things that seem very big, Hills that seem very large on the ground are not so large from above. Things have a different look. And when we take a, when we take a survey view of the word of God, we kind of see how it all works together. And that's the goal of this. Not to get uh, way down in the weeds, but to, uh, to work it all together. So I hope that you'll join us all the way through this. Uh, something I'd encourage you about, if you want to, uh, if you want to uh, be able to really encourage and um, benefit your reading on a, uh, on a regular basis. Uh, find a good commentary. I can recommend uh, several, but a good study Bible, a good study Bible. My dad was a Thompson chain user. Have you, any of you heard of the Thompson chain Bible, the study Bible? And the, the, the cool thing about the Thompson chain is you can take a subject and run it from wherever you find it in scripture and run it all the way through the Bible. It's a, it gives you chain references from one reference to the next, to the next, to the next. And it has a lot of helps in the back that help you uh, correlate themes through, through the Bible. So that's a, that's a great study Bible. There is a life application Bible that is very helpful. Something that I use on a fairly regular basis, and I use it in my Bible study software, is the Faith Life Study Bible. Faith Life Study Bible. Uh, another great one, uh, my wife has this one, is the Ryrie Study Bible. That's a fantastic one. And uh, there's others, but uh, those, are, those are some good ones. So no matter really who we are here tonight, we can always grow, right, in the Word of God? And uh, we all have growing to do. 
But the fact is that our lives, whether you have 30 years left in life or 40 years, 50 years, 10 years, we don't know what we have. But life, whatever we have left, life is going to move on. Your life is going to move on. And the question is, will we move on with God's word or without God's word? And the only way that you and I will be stronger in a year, in five years from now, the only way that I'll be like a tree rooted by the rivers of water is if I delight in God's word. And so really the question is, do I move on from, from this point in my life with God's word or without God's word? And I want to just grow and, and, and plunge into it and continue to study it, continue to memorize it and grow in it. So I want us to have that tonight. We need the people of God. We need to delight in that. We need to be serious about that. Be serious about one another. And be serious about the word of God. Having both of those here from the, uh, here from the book of uh, Psalm in chapter number one. Blessed is the man that walketh not in the counsel of the ungodly, nor standeth in the way of sinners, nor sitteth in the seat of the scornful. But his delight is in the law of the Lord, and in his law doth he meditate day and night. Father, would you help us to be very serious about the voices that we have around us. Help us to be listening to uh, folks who know the word of God and encouraging one another in the word of God. But also, Lord, would you help us to delight and take seriously your word. Help us to allow it to enter into our lives, to change us, to transform us, uh, that we might be more like you. Bless us as we would go through this study. I pray that you would help us to be able to gather together and synthesize uh, your word to us uh, as a whole. And we pray these things in Jesus' name. Amen. Thank you for listening today. For more information about Grace Baptist Church, please visit our website at gracebaptistofkettering.org. And remember, you are always welcome at Grace Baptist Church.